Uh, yeah, I guess moving on to the Chargers here. So, uh, you know, I, I do see that they're, I guess, they're slated for, uh, you know, maybe drafting a wide, wide out. Um, you know, there's definitely a lot of things up in the air, I think, with Keenan Allen. Uh, that being said, uh, I know there's a lot of talk also with uh, Austin Eckler, too, right? Uh, potentially leaving here. So, uh, it's like one thing that was brought up here. So, I know it's a little bit early, but I know there's a lot of people that love him. I'm going to take B. John Robinson here, actually. Uh, I think, you know, hey, Justin Herbert, right? Uh, he's got, he's done, he's done an excellent job. Uh, let's, what's, what's, the, what did they always say about who is a quarterback's best friend, even in today's age, right? It's a talented running back. So I think, uh, drafting B. John Robinson up here. You know, yeah, let's trade Eckler. He's 28, which, you know, we all know is for running backs old. So let's move on from him. Let's bring in somebody else that can uh, kind of take things to the next level for the Chargers. Um, we saw what happened, right? They gave him that, ba- that big lead over um, uh, in the last game of their, se- of their season last year, right, to the Jaguars. They couldn't hold that uh, that lead. It was, it was like a 20-some-odd point lead there. Uh, so, you know get get that run game going i think that's what they want here so at least that's what i would pick so i have yeah chargers taking Bijan robinson that one probably i know a lot of people say probably one of the most talented players in this entire draft yeah um damn that'd be a shame for austin eckler like he's 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 been like out in the press saying you know obviously negative things about his contract and how disgruntled and kind of pissed off he's been, you know, with the Chargers. But at the end of the day, I think he also just, like, has a lot of respect for the organization, just wants to be there. He just wants to feel like he's respected and be, you know, obviously paid for a premium running back because at this point, you know, he's not going to have as many great years, you know, in front of him as he's already put behind him. So I think for anybody in his shoes, they're probably feeling his pain. But, man, that'd be a dirty move. And uh, it's a dirty move, but sometimes it's like – business yeah hey this is the business like we're not in the you know position to kind of pay for your past like we're paying for what's ahead and i mean from everything that i've heard about Bijan robinson it's like philly wants him at number 10 you know like he's a traditional like rb1 type like if you have him in your draft next year he's probably going first round early second round or some of the sorts so it's like this guy's an absolute game breaker you add him to the chargers offense uh you know, hopefully just their team stays healthy, uh, including guys like Rashawn Slater. And, you know, if Herbert has Keenan Allen back, he's still got Williams. But if he does have Keenan Allen back too, like that's a dynamic, uh, you know, offense kind of moving forward too. So, um, yeah, I mean, I guess from a, from a value perspective, it's a smart move. And, you know, if this leads to an Austin Eckler trade in, in some way or, whatever it could be. I, I don't know uh, how many more years he's got left on his contract or anything, but like, you know, maybe this is the time for them to pull that trigger. So we'll just have to see. We'll have to see there. For sure. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. Okay. All right. Who do you got for the Ravens? God, the Ravens, this team, I mean, honestly, it's one of the most frustrating teams in the NFL. Cause it like, like we were saying at the start of our NFL season preview, Totally a team every year we walk in the season, we have high hopes for them. You know, great organization. Traditionally, the way they're run, uh, this whole thing with Lamar Jackson's kind of, you know, hanging over that franchise's head at this point. I mean, they've gone through three straight seasons of this stuff. Like, it's it's BS, man, honestly. Like, 
I just feel like both sides, you know, and I don't know the ins and outs of everything. It just seems like Lamar wants a lot of guaranteed money. They've made some solid offers to him. He's just not interested. Um, you know, slap him with another tag probably isn't just another thing to piss him off. Like it's just a situation that's gone sideways, but at the end of the day, you know, if he's back uh, for at least one more year or they're able to find some sort of competent replacement, I don't know what their options are going to be past Lamar at this point, unless they swing some crazy deal. Um, They need wide receiver help. I mean, Rashad Bateman, I like what he can do when he's healthy, but he was even banged up last year. Other than that, they've got Duvernay. I think they, you know, they brought in some uh, aging. Why maybe, maybe it was a Deshaun Jackson type last year. Like they just have like not a lot of solid options there. So kind of looking at what was on the big board, what's available. I mean, Jordan Addison, um, you know, comes off as a guy who could be, you know, at the very least, a wide receiver two for Baltimore. He'd probably be the legitimate wide receiver one uh, if Bateman is in and out of the rotation or whatever it could be. But I think that would be a solid pairing. I mean, I think those would be you know, two wide receivers going forward you could trust. They say he's a great route runner. He's 5'11". So I think my only other consideration was Zay Flowers there, but he's just, I don't know, he's 5'9", a little bit undersized, not to dog him or anything, but like, I think just traditionally, if it's if it's close, I, I I think you'd probably lean a little bit more toward a guy who could be a bigger target. Um, all you know, all other things held equal, but uh, you know, with Rashad Bateman being a little bit undersized too, it's just kind of like might might just be a little bit better to have um, a little bit more balance there. So I I, I got him uh, Jordan Addison uh, there at the twenty second pick. Okay, yeah, I I definitely agree with that. Um, I probably you know probably look at that too. Um, I just always have this feeling, though, that the Ravens, they, they, they just love cornerbacks, right? And I think they got rid of uh, Marcus Peters this offseason. So they, I think there's that running joke. They, you know, every other year they just draft uh, a cornerback in the first round, right? So, uh, but, uh, you know, it, with Lamar Jackson, I definitely think he just needs more weapons. Like, you know, it's not good when uh, Duvernay is your, your second wide out. Like, re- with respect to Duvernay, great special teams player for sure, but you know, he, he just needs more weapons. And, you know, now that, um, uh, uh, that offensive coordinator that everybody hates for the Ravens, right. Is gone now. Uh, I think that's where they try to open it up a little bit more in the passing game. If, you know, Lamar Jackson does return, I think they do get a little bit more vertical there. So, um, and yeah, have some more, uh, wideouts there to help. So I, I definitely think Jordan Addison, who a lot of people like say he's you know, pro- one of the top wide receivers. He did one what the book, the Blitnikoff Award, I think, last season, right? So, or the, the the year prior to. So, I think that makes sense for them. But um, I do like Zay Flowers though. That guy is twitchy as hell. So, um, speaking of though, uh, uh, Flowers, you know, the Vikings. I think they they could use someone like Flowers here. Actually, um, I think that makes sense. Uh, I you know, looking at the roster, uh, you know, yeah, their defense sucked last year, but they're they've gotten rid of some wide receivers that Thielen's gone now. So and with Jefferson, everybody's going to be going to Jefferson. I know they also got Hawkinson as well at the tight end position, but um they need some talent, I think, in the wide out position, uh, to to kind of help spell Jefferson a little bit here. So and I think Zay Fowers makes sense. Got get a guy there, you know, he's definitely a slot, but he is switchy. If you look at him play, watch him play, actually watch some highlights, like his his cuts are nuts. So I think. Yeah, and you know, in that in that turf or whatever, the, the dome that they're playing and everything, I think that could make perfect sense for them. So 
I got yeah, Vikings here uh, taking Zay Flowers, uh, you know, helping them out, uh, helping the rest of their offense out here. So, yeah, no, him with uh, Jay Jet would be would be fun to watch. Um, yeah, again, wasn't trying to slight the guy for being five nine or whatever. I just feel like with guys like that, you need to have like a good offense in place, or you know, just a really good passer, somebody who's like, I don't know, able to find guys like a guy like Patrick Mahomes with a Sky Moore or you know, how Tua was with Tyreek last year or whatever it could be. I just feel like Cousins is the type of guy who maybe like could, you know, focus most of his attention on Jay Jets and you have like a guy who's just explosive underneath who's going to do all the, you know, the small things but can break big plays and stuff. So like that would be a good fit. And, you know, they got rid of Thielen, um, you know, just kind of let him walk. Uh, He's on the Panthers now, but it's like they're kind of moving into a new era, you know, and um, I am – uh, unfortunately flopping on the name of their other wide receiver, I think has got a lot of upside as well um, across from uh, Jefferson that probably made the Thielen decision a little bit easier, but um, you know, just pairing up Os- those three. Osborne which, was it or yeah. KJ Osborne. Yeah. That's what I was looking for. Um, no, I think he's got a lot of upside too. I mean, he was a kind of a sneaky uh, fantasy guy toward the end of the year last year, but you know, came down with some big plays. I, I, I think he did so in the uh, the Giants game too in the playoffs where they got bounced. But uh, no, overall, I think like as you're moving forward and and with uh, Jefferson overall, like they definitely need to, uh, you know, kind of take another step here as an offense. Like Cousins obviously had another Cousins uh, end to his season where it's like super disappointing. So the more support you can get him while he's still under center for that team, like that's going to be very important. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and, and I definitely see Flowers in a slot, but I think, you know, the slot position has just become more valuable. So, you know, and with if Cousins still is playing out there and everything, uh, you know, what, what was, I think, the last, last uh, pass he threw? Um, was it a slot route or I think was it to the tight end? But, yeah, it was like a it was like a short route and everything. So that's definitely where I feel like having that slot wide receiver is necessary uh, with Justin Jefferson, you know, kind of taking out in the outside a little bit more. So, um, I think that can uh, open things up for their their passing game there. So, but yeah, they definitely need some defensive line help. I did think about that too. So, but yeah, it's just a go offense here for them. But yeah, who do you got for the Jaguars? Jaguars, what a fun team! I mean, to kind of go from obscurity to being a really exciting playoff team last year. I'm, I'm really, I'm really happy for this organization. You know, it's like it's kind of like Detroit. Like I know Detroit's in our division, but it's just like a team that's just perennially so bad, and now is like. <laughs> hopefully putting the pieces together to, to be a respectable franchise for however long it lasts. But, you know, with, uh, with Lawrence and a lot of money committed to the offensive side, um, you know, even looking at the defensive side with Josh Allen, they put the number one pick down for Trayvon Walker. It feels like, you know, of the needs that they still have on this list and like other teams uh, with, with many needs, I think, you know, looking at defensive back support here, you know, checking out what's available on the big board. Uh, Deontay Banks seems to be a guy who could be, you know, just a solid pick for them, you know, six feet, 200 pounds. They say he's a bigger corner, um, physical, uh, very fast. I mean, I think um, 4.35, 40-yard dash last year, um, you know, pair that with his size. I think that's just as far as, like, his athleticism goes, it's a very exciting uh, talent to kind of add to your roster, especially in the secondary. Um, they say his technique overall, like, isn't the greatest. Like, he may, you know – just improve on that as far as how much space he gives or, you know, how fast he is to kind of like break with the wide receiver in his coverage and stuff. So like 
I think hopefully those are things that you can train to a guy like that, or, but for him to kind of be sitting on the board of the athlete that he is and, and maybe what he projects to be, I think it's a pretty good, um, just safe or solid pick there for the Jaguars as they hopefully try to get back into the playoffs again. Yeah, for sure. No, I think it's a good solid pick. Um, yeah, great value. I think right here, um, for Deontay Banks, you know, uh, I, I definitely contemplated on him, you know, maybe going to the uh, Ravens for sure, kind of, you know, be a little bit more hometown. Uh, but no, I think here is a great fit for him, for the Jaguars. So cool. Um, putting that pick in here. And then next up, we got the Giants, uh, you know, surprise team uh, uh, this previous, this past season uh, with Brian Dable now as, you know, the, the head coach and everything. So uh, first year t- taking them to the playoffs. Uh, now, hey, Daniel Jones, a little bit richer. Uh, so I think that's you know good for him. Uh, so let's get him some help. I think that's kind of what they're looking for here. So, um, you know, a couple wide receivers that I think could definitely, you know, I know that they're probably eyeing on or off the board here, but I still think that they go wide receiver. Uh, I see them taking Josh Downs here, actually. Um, I know he's kind of like a fringe, like first round, second round player, right? I think is where most mock drafts have him as, but. I, if I'm the the Giants, I think you got to take him. Uh, yeah, he's short, small, definitely you know kind of fits that uh, uh, slot type of position. I think he's like five nine, one seventy, so not the biggest type of wide receivers, but fast and knows how to play football, knows how to get open. Uh, you know, solid route runner. So um, I think it makes sense. He's gotten over a thousand yards each, each of the past two seasons in, out of North Carolina. Uh, and he's gotten, I think he had like 90 some odd catches his previous season and then like 100 the, the year before. So high production, uh, you know, twitchy, quick, uh, can get open. So I think that's kind of what you want out of a, you know, for, for a player for a Daniel Jones to pass to. So yeah, have him here uh, on the 25th. Yeah. No, I mean, I think the wider, you know, the wide receiver crew on the Giants, I mean, I feel like I've maybe covered this in, in past, uh, podcast um but in general it, it just kind of seems like a cast that's uh a, a little uh scattered i don't feel like there's a lot of consistency coming out of new york at the position i mean sterling shepherd year in year out is injured we don't know where odb is going to go at this point i mean he might go to the other side of town <laughs> in the same stadium with the jets or elsewhere but um no i think that's i think that's smart daniel jones obviously getting that huge contract you know, Saquon's back. I mean, I feel like, you know, wide receiver is probably the next spot that you want to target and, and Dable. Um, I mean, used to having great offenses, you know, I think he did an amazing job last year with the team. I had zero expectations for him really going into the year. So like he's already exceeded those. And if you can add another playmaker to the, you know, to the unit, um, why not go after it? Yeah. Who do you got? The Cowboys taken, man, this one was tough. I mean, I, I'm kind of, you know, I'm getting to the point where I'm just trying to find right fit for a team. Um, you know, overall, they're stating that running back's important, but we all saw that it wasn't because they got rid of Zeke. <laughs> they brought back Pollard. I think doing that was the was one of those smart business decisions. You know what I mean? Like, Eckler, to me, is on another shelf uh, than Zeke at this point, where I think that'd be a really tough pick for the Chargers to kind of go, you know, that route with their running back uh, choices. I mean, if they grab Robinson... They're gonna. They're not gonna uh, have problems there. But uh, no. So I, I. I think looking at Dallas. I mean, I think defensively, you know, could they be improved? Yeah, I think they could. But uh, you know, in the same sense, uh, 
they just they they haven't re-signed Dalton Schultz. He's going for a walk. Um, and when I was looking at Detroit at number eighteen, and I kind of was was picking between two cornerbacks, uh, or sorry, two two tight ends. Um, Dalton Kincaid ended up in in Detroit. Um, so at this point, I'm kind of just thinking for a value and for everything from that perspective, like why not you know further improve your uh, wide receiver core by by adding Michael Meyer and. Uh, I think overall, if uh, if he's available on the board, um, guy who can help improve that running game, give give Pollard some of that confidence, and just kind of finding holes. But in the same sense, like be another option, you know, outside of CD Lamb, and uh, you know, I, I've got to go back and make a correction here because it looks like Brandon Cooks, um, you know, is, is part of the Cowboys stable, and I think I said he was part of the Texans stable. Not that it's gonna throw off my draft choice. I still like Cansey over in Houston, but I, I did I did let that slip. Um, Michael Gallup, not really sure what you're going to get to. I mean, I feel like he's just become a name at this point. I don't really think he's anything to get truly excited about to see him like take his game to another level. So why not get somebody who, who could possibly be, um, you know, one of the maybe top 10, top 15 tight ends in the game to kind of, you know, make up for the fact that Dalton Schultz may be walking here. Yeah, I think, uh, I think that's awesome play, you know, with, Prescott, right? Just getting more weapons uh, out there, I think, for him uh, makes sense. Uh, I did contemplate if Levis uh, were to drop over here, right? Do the Cowboys take him? I think that could be an interesting discussion, right? Uh, Prescott, I think he has like one year left in his contract, I believe. Uh, I think there's like some options and things like that. So, but, you know, there's, there's, there's been question marks, you know, from some of the fan base about Prescott the media like is he the guy and all that and that's always maybe you you you, t- you do take the the unknown player there a little bit um you, you, something to look for there but uh meyer makes sense uh you know can be like that jason Witten. i think I, I think that's a great comparison kind of you know a big uh wide res- a big tight end that can catch the ball uh and and you know run up that seam i think so um yeah i think it's a good pick if he uh falls here uh for them so and then I think next we got the Bills. Uh, man, the, that this Bills team—it's—it's it's as complete of a team as you can possibly get, right? Um, I think I, I got to go defense here, though. Uh, they just had a lot of injuries this previous this past season. Uh, you know, Von Miller got hurt. So for me, you know, I, even though they do have some depth, I feel like you know, there's been that saying: you can never have too much defensive line help here. So. Um, I see a couple people from Clemson uh, roaming around, and you know I see Brian Breesy and I see Miles Murphy. Um, you know they run a nice four three, so both players I think uh, could make sense here. But for me, I got to go with the edge. Uh, don't know what you can get out of uh, Von Miller, Von Miller necessarily uh, long term. So you know he's only getting older, and he, yeah, he got hurt and. Uh, that they didn't have much of a pass rush, I think, in the postseason that really hurt them. So, I think getting a player like Miles Murphy here, great value. Uh, I know their secondary kind of uh, got hurt this previous year, but they, they did get healthier closer to the end there. So, um, but yeah, I think Miles Murphy, a player, some sort of pass rush, I think makes sense for them long term uh, as their defensive fronts really only getting older with Von Miller. And you know, he was also hurt this previous year. So, Miles Murphy, great pick, uh, great value, I think, here. Yeah, I mean, he he seemed to, you know, have slid, I guess, over like the last, uh, you know, few weeks or so. I mean, I feel like sometimes I see analysts 
pushing him in, into the, you know, even up to five, I think I've heard considerations from like the Seahawks. I think Atlanta in the past has been like kind of a projected spot. I don't know if the Bears have ever had him kind of like in their sights at number nine too, but yeah, just a name that's kind of been up there at the top of the board. And uh, like you said, as far as value goes and making up for Von Miller, um, even if Von Miller's there, hopefully hopefully he is based on that contract and everything he can bring. But what, what you know, Miles Murphy could even learn from a guy like Von Miller would be invaluable. So, um, you know, to kind of carry that into the future for the Bills, um, you know, I think it would be a great fit. And obviously I think that's a, that's a solid pick there. Great. Yeah. What do you got for the Bengals? Tough, man. I don't know. I mean, so I think a lot of what I've been seeing from, from mocks and other things is them going tight end. Um, you know, now with me sniping them at 26 with, with Meyer and then um, also Kincaid to Detroit. Um, I think I'm kind of just looking at the next guy in the line. looks like it's Sam Laporta um, from Iowa. So he's a great pass catcher fast, um, you know, can, can really go out and get balls. Um, if anything, you know, it's just like his catch point, his ability to get up, like maybe that's the one knock on him. But again, like this guy's a pretty good athlete, um, for what it is. I mean, 4.5, um, you know, seconds on his 40 yard dash. I mean, that's pretty good, especially for, you know, a guy from Iowa who, uh, you know, happens to be, uh, some, you know, pretty fair skinned. So I think, uh, you know, overall, I guess my gut's just that, like, I'm wondering, you know, without considering a lot of the options here and the the finite time that we have, it's like, is that really what the Bengals need? Like, the last couple of years, like, they've gone through Hayden Hurst, they've had um, Uzama as well, and like, they've they've like managed just fine. Like, Burrow's got three wide receivers that he goes to with Mixon. It's like, I'm just wondering, like, are, is that just an embarrassment of riches at that point if if you do go Laporta or you know, are there other needs that are maybe, you know, more important? Um, so I guess, I guess if I was on the clock and there was 10 seconds left to go, like, give me Sam, you know, give me Sam Laporta, I guess at that spot, um, I'm with you kind of on the, the breasty pick from, from Clemson and the fact that they need some interior, uh, linemen on the defensive side. Um, Emmanuel Forbes also looks pretty interesting from Mississippi state to a corner, but, um, just given the spirit of our draft and kind of being more, you know, quick hitting, let's give me a Laporta. I won't regret it. And uh, it'll make that offense like even crazier. So let's go. Yeah. I uh, like that three tight ends of the first round, right? I don't know when, when was the last time that happened, but um, I mean, they, they have been saying this is a pretty deep tight end draft. And I mean, you can't go wrong with a, an Iowa tight end, right? I feel like, I feel like that's like tight end school, right? You know, I think of George Kittle there and, you know, I don't, that's really the primary one, but yeah, George Kittle for sure. Uh, and I know there's been several other ones uh, in previous years too. So uh, good tight end school, good offensive line school there. So um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, to your credit though, I, I think it was a good, nice mentioning. It's like, yeah, you're, you're going to pass to who exactly? Oh, these three wide receivers that each you know could potentially catch 90 uh, catches in one season, right? All of them. So, uh, you know, just, yeah, get a tight end there to block on occasion for mix in and, you know, maybe, uh, ha- be a red zone threat ever so often. So, you know, catching things out of the flat or, you know, maybe down the seam. So, I mean, that's definitely where, yeah, I, I would probably go defense here, but yeah, you can't go wrong with the Porter, I think. So, um, yeah, then I think moving on to the, uh, saints here. So, you know, uh saints again this could potentially be a levis team you know potentially i say that uh you know they do have car uh 
still fairly you know young for this earth at the quarterback position i'd say uh but you know could definitely be a, a player if they if they want to you know maybe think about the future a little bit but um you know i'm looking at you know kind of who's available right now you, you kind of play a little bit of upside uh but you know we did talk about brian uh breezy here i gotta take him here i, I feel like you know uh they, they definitely need some line men uh we've both talked about him too much i feel like uh you know didn't wasn't didn't produce too much in college exactly but uh has shown a lot of upside that physical uh prowess you know uh six five like 300 pounds uh so good size good length good athleticism so i think he can definitely you know uh project pretty well in the nfl there and i, I you know i'm looking at the at their defensive line that the dt positions yeah, there, there's, you know, I think a couple of undrafted players here and there. Productive careers overall, right? But, you know, I think for the future, you definitely want to to have something like a young talent like uh, Brian Brisey here. So, yeah, selecting him. Yeah, it sounds pretty good. You just sniped my pick. Uh, pretty upset about it. I'm <laughs> going into your green room and, uh, you know, throwing, throwing hands at this point because – it's tough, man. I'm like, I'm, I'm kind of following up in a similar fashion here with Philly um, at the 30th pick. Um, but no, I think that's, I think that was the right pick at where he was falling on the board. Um, you know, with Philly, I'm now having some regrets over the Skaronsky pick, to be honest with you now, knowing what could play out. So this is pretty interesting to see it from this perspective, because, you know, you do go JSN there, you miss out on Skaronsky. Um, you know, I yeah. could have come back with, uh, uh, Osiris Torrance, uh, kind of fell in this spot would be probably a safe pick and a good pick at that to kind of fill out the guard position. Looks like there's a couple, uh, top end, uh, tackles still left on the board, some edge rushers and stuff. Um, it's tough. Cause I don't know what Jordan Davis is going to be at the next level. Um, I don't know if Philly's like completely confident with him, um, as their next guy in line. Um, but considering kind of value and what's at the top of the board if they don't have you know that confidence in uh davis at the top there i'll go with uh, mozzie smith from from michigan i feel like big body really strong defensive tackle uh experience with michigan they had one of the better defensive units in the game last year i feel like they were number two um overall but just like your traditional nose tackle um yeah i mean i, I feel like he's you know got enough name cachet too from uh you just going back through and reviewing some of the better defenders in the game last year. And, uh, you know, with that kind of experience, even at the college level, I feel like that would fit in pretty well um, with probably what the Eagles want out of a pick here. I mean, I know B. John Robinson or other running backs were also being considered here too, just with the fact that, uh, you know, Miles Sanders is now gone. And uh, I don't know, maybe Boston Scott and um, I'm trying to think of their other, uh, like Gainwell and then yeah. think sign somebody else too. Right. So, yeah. So it's just kind of like, you know, I'm trying to think of like, you know, what a Jameer Gibbs play at this point, like maybe, but uh, yeah, I, we just traditionally, you know, in recent years, haven't seen too many running backs go off the board in the first round. So um, yeah, I'll, I'll stick with Smith here, add some padding to the defensive line and kind of keep the Eagles hopefully where they are at. Um, you know, last year and kind of moving forward, just continue to build on that strength that made him a Super Bowl uh, contender last year. Yeah. And I think, you know, the Eagles coming into this draft, I think are set up pretty well, right? Uh, strong and pretty much all the, all the important positions. So 
uh you know yeah do they go running like yeah do, i think we're asking the questions that their draft room probably is asking and honestly this is this is why i felt excited about jsn to the eagles like as a football fan yeah sad to see him go to another team that you know obviously as a bears fan i'd love to get both paris johnson and jsn but if i'm going to pick between one or you know uh either one of them you know the smart wayne i guess wants to go with paris johnson so um JSN though, yeah, that's where I, I get excited. I, I think it, it could make sense for them. Uh, you know, he can play out of the slot, so does is it going to take too much away from uh, from Brown and Smith there? So that's where I feel like, yeah, taking him, uh, and then yeah, you can add uh, offensive line talent and defensive line talent uh, in the later rounds. Uh, there's you know a lot of depth, I think, in in both of those positions, and you know, taking the number one wide receiver in this draft. Uh, you know, to build up, you know, for the next couple of years, uh, rookie friendly contract. I think that would be great for them. So, yeah, cool. Uh, and then I guess this is our last pick in the first round here. So, uh, man, we got the defending uh, Super Bowl champs, the Chiefs. Uh, yeah, you know, they they could definitely show up. I think on their defensive side, uh, Frank Clark. Uh, uh, is departed from free agency. You know, I know that they did uh, add in, um, uh, what was it, Charles uh, uh So, but at the same time, I feel like they can do a little bit more there. Uh, and, you know, for me, it's like, hey, why not take uh, someone that's a little, a little bit close by from Iowa State? I see them taking a player, uh, Will McDonald, uh, the fourth year. So, uh, edge pass rusher uh, can get to the quarterback. You know, really quickly, uh, the last season had six sacks, 16 hurries. Previous season had 13 sacks, 24 hurries. So, you know, uh, I think they can just they just need some pass rushing, pass rushers there, get to the quarterback. You know, with the Chiefs and the kind of how they run, obviously, it's like, hey, with Patrick Mahomes, let's just score a bunch of points and then let's put some pressure on their uh, on their offense. Let's let's actually you know rush the quarterback. And that's where I think having a speed rusher like Will McDonald can definitely help there. Um, you know, they have a overall solid secondary. Uh, the wide receivers, I think we've, we've at least taken here, uh, are, are all kind of off the board. You know, I, I'm thinking that they'll probably want to see what the, what do they have with like Sky Moore and all that. So um, that's why I'm you know definitely feeling that they maybe go defense here, um, especially if those wide receivers aren't there. Although there is one one wide receiver. I would be in, very intrigued to see them get, and uh, I did not take him here, but I was kind of tossing up between this player and Will McDonald. Is Jalen Hyatt right? Um, speedster, kind of like you know, he, he did run like a four-four, which I think a lot of people are like, "Oh, that's it!" Like you know, like like it's a bad thing, but I think a lot of people are expecting to really, like at least run a four-three. And if you watch this tape, like he can fly out, run, uh, and go deep. So. That would be very intriguing, I think, you know, for the Kansas City Chiefs. But, um, yeah, you know, Sky Moore, uh, Darius Tony. I think they're maybe feeling content, uh, MVS, with their wide receiver uh, room right now. Uh, maybe they do draft somebody in, in the later rounds, but I think, you know, their defense, I think, needs a little bit more help in the, on the, the pass rush front. Yeah, I mean, I think... You know, like the Bengals, they have enough offensive prowess, I think, to get them over the hump to make them, you know, a contender on that side of the ball. Um, 
any high value picks they may have, you know, probably help to bolster that defense, especially like you said, with Frank Clark now kind of out. I was wondering too, like tackle wise, you know, losing Orlando Brown Jr. to the rival Bengals at this point. It's like, um, would a guy like Darnell Wright play or Anton, um, you know, Harris even play at that point, you know, just to kind of shore up what they may um, have been missing, you know, with Orlando Brown's, uh, you know, production and just stability there out like that, that, that would probably be a pretty big loss for them, um, you know, kind of moving forward here. So just other names to kind of consider, but I'm with you with Hyatt. I, I even thought maybe for the 25 um, pick for the Giants, maybe a guy like Hyatt would, you know, maybe leap to those kind of bounds or, you know, possibly he's a play for the, you know, Ravens or the Vikings or, or somebody else. But um, definitely a guy we've talked about here on our first couple rounds of mocks and stuff like that. So somebody we're excited to see, um, you know, kind of come up at the next level. But no, overall, um, no, I think we did a pretty good job in quick time to go through each team, kind of consider needs and make some gut choices here, some gut picks. Um, you know, looking back through the picks one to 31, are there any regrets that you have for, you know, the teams that you were managing or just in general, were there any things that like, you saw that could have been, you know, probably improved, uh, you know, all over the board for what a team may have needed. Oh, that's a great question. You know, um, yeah, no, I don't, I don't know if I do necessarily. Uh, I feel pretty good about, you know, the mixture, I guess, of value that some of the players that picked went. Um, and I did like the Bijan Robinson <laughs> pick. I feel like, you know, uh, it, it does beg the question. I think I saw people on Twitter talking about, and I might have mentioned it before. Like, there, I think there needs to be something done about running backs and and their value, right? Like, you know, they get so many, so much, so much yardage, or kind of, uh, you know, there's now much more about running back by committees and things like that. Uh, I, I, d- I definitely feel like there ought to be some sort of thing about like, you know, maybe more of a minimum payment towards running backs and, you know, at least, I, at least that's what I'm feeling there. Um, but in terms of like, I guess, uh, picks, I feel not so good about, um, but maybe, maybe the Zay flowers a little bit, you know, uh, there was Brian BC on there, uh, as well as, uh, uh, miles Murphy. So, you know, potentially that one, I think I, I did think about twice, but, you know, I feel pretty good. I think Zay Flowers, um, you know, def- uh, offensively, I think uh, uh, that definitely makes them a lot more explosive. Um, so, and yeah, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Is there any draft pick? I, I, I see you looking at that uh, Sam Laporta a little bit. Uh, do you still feel good about that retrospectively or how are you feeling? I think it's like, you know, the pick himself, like the player himself, I think he's going to be a fine player. You lock him in on his rookie contract. He can be a tight end that, you know, at least adds some stability there for them at that position because they've had to go through a little bit of churn last few years. But it is, again, like a nice-to-have type of player for me where, you know, um, if I'm trying to compete for Super Bowls again, um, I'm probably looking at the defensive side of the ball. Um, did feel like a little bit of a panic pick there. Probably could have gone with Breesy, to be honest with you. But uh, in the same sense, the fact that seriously every single mock draft that I've looked at has had the Bengals picking either, you know, Darnell Washington at that spot or Laporta or whoever else. So I kind of feel like, well, if it's getting this much attention, like possibly that's the pick they're going to go to. But it, I will not be surprised come draft time if the Bengals, you know, want to go ahead and bolster the defense because that offense, it doesn't have a lot of holes, man. Like, 
especially after adding like an Orlando Brown uh, Jr. to the line. They've got the, one of the best quarterbacks in the game, the best wide receiving core in the game, and and a top five running back in Mixon. So it's like, you know, that team is uh is going to be uh, pretty dangerous, I think, going into next year. So so maybe that was a little bit regrettable. I think you know just looking at it from afar. Um, if I'm a Detroit Lions fan, I'm blowing up our comment section right now, giving us, you know, a standing ovation, a round of applause. Like if they leave this draft with the number one, potentially the number one, you know, D tackle and the number one tight end in their first round with everything else they've been building on these like past couple of years, like they should be doing backflips and like being very happy on the yeah. negative side of things with Philly. Again, I kind of look at like just pick and value and things like that and things you know, maybe I could have done a little bit differently. Um, you know, had I gone the JSN route there, you know, what would that have opened up here at 30 might've gone with like more of a stable line option. Maybe that guard, you know, Torrance from Florida, maybe that sits a little bit better to have like the sexy game breaking wide receiver and a really good guard versus, you know, potentially an elite guard, an elite lineman with maybe a little bit of a reach on the defensive side of the ball with Mozzie Smith. So it's kind of like, I don't know how to feel, um, you know, particularly about that. Like who knows how that, how those picks will play out if they happen to, you know, go that way. But um, I think overall I'm scratching my head a little bit about what we did at seven and eight with the cornerback choices for the, for the Raiders and Falcons. I just feel like whoever is holding those picks, if, if it does come down to it, I think there's going to be a lot of phone calls uh, coming into those teams. If they're really not interested in Levis just to uh, make sure whoever's, is interested in the guy can like move their way up the up the board but we didn't do any mock trades so that was one thing i i kind of was considering but i think um you know at the end of the day when the when the draft is actually conducted i don't know if levis will be there at 16 but but maybe I'll, maybe we'll be surprised yeah no let's 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 talk that through which which teams do you think levis could go to you know if not if he doesn't last to 16 because that could be potentially the team that does trade up to, I think, number seven. Because if I'm the the Raiders, and I forgot exactly how many draft picks they they have, but I don't think they have too many, if I'm not mistaken here. So um, that's where I'm thinking. If I'm the Raiders, I'm definitely going to take some phone calls, see if I want to, you know, trade back some there. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on what teams you're thinking? Uh, a, you know, maybe they have the draft capital and then the need for drafting a player like Levis. Yeah. I mean, could be the Raiders themselves. Like I think we're, we are, I mean, just the way the deal is structured with the Garoppolo is a pretty pricey deal. It kind of like put a stamp on he's our starter and we're going to ride this out. And then they got Brian Hoyer to come back him up. So it's like, you got this uh, Patriots incestual thing going on. Danny Amendola was actually added to the coaching staff. So it's kind of like, like he's just trying to bring new England to uh, Sin City. So Maybe that's not what's going to happen there for you know for the for the Raiders. Um, Atlanta, they've got Heineke Ritter. Maybe Tennessee. Like, I'm interested. Like, are they really committed to Willis? Like, are they really committed to him? Like, if they could make a play for Levis, would they? You know, because having JSN is like awesome, but if he's just going to be like kind of stuck in purgatory for a couple of years, and then like they're really not going to get the the value out of him at that spot. Like, I don't know, maybe, maybe they do make a desperate play and uh, I will be monitoring like what happens with the jets here too, because it seems like the Packers are standing really firm with what they want from, you know, the Rogers uh, 
end of the deal, they want like multiple firsts and stuff, and they're not willing to just do the Favre uh, approach with the Jets again with like a second rounder or something. So, you know, if I'm the Jets and this Rogers thing, you know, it just never has a resolution. Like, I might get a little bit creative if I'm Baltimore. I might get a little creative uh, if the Lamar Jackson thing doesn't work out similarly. So it's like these are just things that are spinning in my head. But uh, you know, what what do you think of any of those, or do you have any other dark horses in the kind of moving up game? Yeah, I mean, I did talk about number three, right? I think that could be an an interesting play because I think everybody knows that the Cardinals are not going to take a quarterback, and then. You know, this definitely could be a, do- a dominoes thing, right? So it's like uh, some team moves up to number three ahead of the Colts who, I mean, they're definitely, I feel like it's a pretty sure thing that they're going to draft uh, Anthony Richardson or, you know, maybe Anthony Richardson surpasses either Young or Strap. I know he just had a great combine. I've definitely seen some mock drafts where he does uh, jump them recently ones. So uh, that's strong as a possibility. So that's definitely where, that number three, you know, what what does happen if, say, the uh, either the Panthers or the Texans pick Anthony Richardson, and then like some other team there, right? They were like maybe looking at CJ Stroud to see if he were to fall, um, you know, fall to number four, maybe similar to what we saw with Justin Fields, right? Uh, where it's like, oh, they selected uh, Trey Lance ahead of him, and they selected Zach Wilson, even though he had like a really great college career and everything, and sh- showcased all the skill set. Um, Somewhere to CJ, you know, potentially what could have hap- could have happened with CJ Stroud. So, if that were to happen, Anthony Richardson jumping up to number one or two, then I definitely feel like the Cardinals are going to get something at the number three spot there, uh, either from, you know, uh, yeah, I don't know if the Colts are going <laughs> to trade up that one slot, uh, or uh, maybe maybe the uh, Raiders do that. Um, I don't think the Falcons uh, will do that. I think they're Seems like they're pretty sold on Ritter. Um, an interesting one, though, could be yeah the uh, the Seahawks. They do have uh, that extra pick there, so you know maybe they trade that that one or that one. Uh, maybe they trade both of them. I don't know exactly the the going rates, but you know they they certainly do have some draft picks there. So you know when they do have that second uh, first rounder, then that def- certainly makes them open up to be like, oh, maybe I'll trade a second and third round to get up to that uh uh that third spot there ahead so that could definitely be in play so i could potentially seeing that happen and then this whole lamar jackson thing too is interesting so like you know there's definitely i think there's been that mock trades right of the colts trading anthony richardson potentially for lamar jackson that could certainly be interesting there too right um so but yeah i don't know we'll see i'm very excited about uh going there uh in Kansas City and seeing what all the commotion's about. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. I was going to also add, keep your eye on Tampa Bay because sitting at 19, like I don't know if Kyle Trask and Mayfield are <laughs> the long-term answers. Like I don't really know how much stock they're putting in Trask as a potential starter there, but like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they're willing to do some, some, some things, even though they probably will need uh, a lot of depth and a lot of, uh, you know, just in general, um, kind of bad draft capital to refuel their team after the the Super Bowl run. But um yeah, in any mm-hmm. case, uh really interesting. I personally, like if I was sitting because I was probably gonna go Stroud number one. If I was Houston, I think 
Richardson versus Bryce Young is an interesting game for me to kind of think about because I, I am kind of, you know, seriously, I think it's, uh, you know, I feel like it's kind of wrong of me to just be like, hey, this guy's small, so he's not going to be, you know, elite at the next level. But I've just, again, I haven't seen it as much. And this Richard th- Richardson thing just intrigues me a lot. Like, I feel like he's got the body. He's got all the athletic tools. I mean, and a lot of those guys succeed at the next level, even if it's just like, you know, they're bootlegging it a lot more than usual, you know, to kind of kick off their career. Or like, you know, they just muscle their way through and kind of, make a name. I mean, we've seen Hertz and Fields do it. And it's like, I don't know. He's a bigger body. I mean, he's almost like the they like they're saying the Josh Allen type. So it's just like, I don't know, in today's game that's so valuable. And uh, you know, he's probably gonna be able to weather a lot of those uh those hits he'll be taking. So yeah, I mean I can definitely see if he sits there at four, I mean I feel like the Colts will probably grab him, but you know, if, if something like that happens, it'll throw the draft uh through a loop and yeah, uh all bets are off for that point. If, um, you know, Richardson happens to jump, you know, Bryce young in that, in that, you know, in that, in that sense, cause you know, to this point, Bryce young's been, you know, probably the highest touted quarterback, I think coming out of college. So, um, yeah, you never know. We'll see. Yeah. I, I, I would be intrigued if, um, you know, uh, if if for whatever reason Bryce Young, like we, you were talking about that, right? If Bryce Young were to fall uh, to maybe the fourth spot, right, to the Colts there, um, what I'm thinking could potentially happen is that Lamar Jackson trade, right? So, you know, I think I'd mentioned Richardson, but potentially Bryce Young being traded essentially for Lamar Jackson and going to uh, the Ravens, right? And they already kind of have a team, you know, built for kind of a running, maybe more mobile type of, uh, quarterback. Uh, not to say that uh, Bryce Young is strictly a, a mobile quarterback. You can definitely, you know, throw the ball, but uh, a lot more mobile, a lot more nimble, and and build for that. I, I feel like so that could, you know, just uh, could potentially be something there. So for a Ravens fan, definitely looking at see what happens uh, in the top of the draft there. Yeah. Now this will this will definitely be fun. I love when there's multiple um, high end options at quarterback in a draft. It makes it so much more fun. Just primarily because we get to see like a lot of big trades and a lot of swerves and stuff like that. So it's always much better to have that than those years where you're just looking at the best last year. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially. It's yeah. Like, last year. Pick it? <laughs> yeah. It was, was quite disappointing. So uh, yeah, no, this one's going to be really good. Um, so interested to see what's going to happen with the bears, what they end up, you know, pulling the trigger on. And uh, you know, honestly, if it's Paris Johnson, I'll be very happy. Um, if we end up getting a great weapon out of it, like that'd be fun. Um, just want to make sure we're not going the boring route, the traditional route there or whatever else. But if we happen to trade down a couple times too, like, yeah, I don't know, maybe that would be uh, well worth it as well. So we'll, we'll kind of see. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I, I think there's been a lot of, um, I think ideas about trading down, uh, which, yeah, I think, polls has he likes trading down he says he's always wanted to build through the draft this is a fairly deep draft so that could be interesting i think for the bears and we were just talking about all all this talent and like the mid first late first and then you know definitely going to the second round um there's a lot of you know people on the uh on the line which you know on both sides of the line which the bears need i think so um but i definitely would love to see paris johnson though (laughs) yeah (laughs) All right. Well, any other thoughts NFL related before any final thoughts? 
Um, not too much, but hey, if there's uh, anybody at the uh, NFL draft in Kansas City uh, and watching this, you know, uh, feel free to hit me up or you know leave a comment on there. Lo- would love to meet people, uh, you know, preferably in a very well lit area or something like that. So, uh, yeah, let me know if you want to just uh, meet up for like you know uh, a couple minutes, talk, chat, uh, and, and do all that. I uh, would happy to to meet up with you though. So. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm super jealous. Wayne is going to be in Kansas City for the old draft, eating his uh, brains out and uh, just probably having a a great time out there. So um, that's definitely like a sports bucket list item, I think, like getting to a draft, like for sure will be something fun. Yeah, for sure. What about you? Um, NFL, man. Yeah, I want some resolutions here with quarterbacks. I mean, just Mm -hmm. Rodgers and and. And Lamar, I want them both to move on, obviously for selfish reasons for the Bears with Rodgers. But for Lamar, too, like I know you're asking for a lot of money. And you know, I think the Ravens gave what seemed to be a pretty honest offer. Um, you know, he wants to get up in that Deshaun Watson guaranteed money territory. But I think that was a, just a terrible deal by the Browns. And they'll end up regretting that uh, fully when it's all said and done. So I think the smarter organizations out there, especially one like Baltimore, is going to be a little bit more prudent in, in those kind of offers. But just for his sake, like we don't need to watch this saga go on for another year because it's it's become kind of a distraction. Like we didn't really know like last year in the playoffs, like how banged up Lamar was. And I don't blame him. If he was like good enough to play, was like, hey, my contract really matters to me and I'm not, you know, I'm a little bit banged up here. I'm not going to put myself at risk. Totally get where he's coming from there. I'm not going to you know, gripe about it too much as a fan of the sport, but uh, yeah, just none of this stuff is good for football. It's not good for sports. Like even I just hope the NFL would intervene and be like, guys, like let's find good compensation here and like, let's, let's move it forward. Um, but um, no, I mean, I think that's pretty much it. Um, hope there's a bunch of big deals that get swung at the draft just for just the fun and the joy of like, you know, seeing big things like that go down. So um, we'll see, but hopefully Jalen Carter by the end of the day is wearing a Bears uniform. That would make me most happy. And if it's not him, then one of the guys that we've talked about previously. But uh, yeah, with that, do you have any uh, final thoughts for the show? Yeah, final thoughts. Um, you know, I've been thinking about coffee of late uh, for whatever reason. Uh, you know, I, I did live in Seattle for six years. Uh, I guess the coffee capital of the U S um, and it was there. I just, I guess I just, I don't want to say discovered, but I had a much higher appreciation of, uh, of cold brews and stuff. So um, curious, Patrick, uh, what is your favorite kind of coffee? If you drink coffee, uh, cause I know it's not everybody's cup of tea, ha ha ha. But um yeah. Uh, do you have a particular uh, kind of brew that you go to gravitate? Uh, how many cups do you drink? And should I alert your doctor? Yes. Alert my doctor. I love coffee. I drink lots of coffee. Um, and I actually like the general, like the genuine taste of good coffee. So I take all of my coffee black. I think for some that's like really extreme. I think I ordered coffee um, the other day at my work. And the guy was like, whoa, bold choice. And he was like, <laughs> he was like coffee, hot black. And I was just like, that's it. But it's it's been that way since uh actually I had a buddy on my baseball team back in the day when I was playing uh, a younger adult league, but he would always pick me up 
And I was starting to experiment with coffee in college, like what I like, what I don't like and stuff like that. But he was basically, you know, riding in his car, picked me up for the game. He just had this like big Starbucks, double XL, like iced coffee black. And I was just like, again, like I was kind of like that guy who was serving it at um, my work or whatever, but I was like, damn, that's, that's pretty ballsy there. But it's kind of funny. It's like maybe drinking beer or putting hot you know hot spices or hot sauce on your food like you become accustomed to you know some of these bolder flavors and i feel like you appreciate what it is um you know for what it is versus and like just this is just me personally without like milk or cream or sugar or all this other stuff like added to it like you can get at starbucks or customized so for me i buy a whole bean i keep it fridged i like darker roasts versus lighter roast i like it from you know, African countries, I'll, you know, definitely do a lot of Latin American. I like to mix it up. I like different flavors and stuff, but, um, that's probably my go-to hot, um, black and whole bean, uh, at least at home. And then like you're saying with the, uh, cold brew, nitro brews, um, iced coffee, love it. Um, you know, it's, it's more of a rarity just cause I, you know, I don't go out and spend a lot of money on coffee. I feel like it's one of the 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 most profitable things today in uh american society american business like <laughs> it has taken soda to a whole nother level just in terms of you know i i would imagine like uh you know profitability and stuff on a cup of coffee but uh yeah i love all that stuff definitely go to like good breweries to get you know the nitro the cold brews stuff like that and then iced coffee really wherever wherever it's served if it's the summertime just it's perfect so wayne uh yeah, would like to hear your thoughts too. Like, what what do you get into as far as coffee goes? Yeah, I I definitely agree with the whole like like my my dad's diabetic, right? So for me, you know, he grew up uh uh just when well, I grew up, but he, what I saw him as an adult dude, right, drinking nothing but black coffee. So for me, wanting to be like my dad and all that, I just drank black coffee. Uh, I definitely experimented with sugar and cream, right? Uh, you know, drinking like uh, coffee, uh, uh, specifically, I, you know, I, I, I drank Dunkin' Donuts uh, coffee, yeah, with your cream and sugar. And it, it's definitely creamy and sugary for sure uh, when you have it in there. Uh, so, but I, as an adult now, I, I certainly gravitate towards a good cold brew. Um, you taste all that flavor. Uh, it's cold. It's digestible, I feel like sometimes yeah, when it's just super hot right you you kind of just take sips here and there and it's hard to get that full taste because like you, you kill like you know a couple of taste buds and you're drinking hot coffee so with a cold brew you can taste it you can feel it you can like kind of smell it too as you're tasting it so uh you know i, I like uh was, i think it's called like stock or it's spelled s-t-o-k um that i think that's one of my favorite ones definitely also like the it was a uh uh arabica or whatever it is um you know all kinds of kind of cold brew. I used to go to Aldi's and just get cold brew from there too. Um, so yeah, always open to test any cold brews. Uh, leave a comment if there's any cold brews out there that you know you want me to try. I would definitely be happy to do that. So, but big fan of cold brews. Um, I do like chai as well. Uh, you know, kind of a softer coffee. Uh, but yeah, I'll usually get that at Starbucks. I think that's like she might like one of my favorite drinks at Starbucks is to just get uh some basic chai and that usually does it for me a nice sweet type of taste to it but um not not too sweet it kind of has, has a nice flavor uh palette there so um but yeah i don't know apart from that yeah you normally just drink uh 
kind of cappuccinos uh, uh, on like a every week basis there. So yeah, love her a coffee. Yeah, no, that sounds good. As far as cold brew goes, I mean, how do you how do you actually buy it? Are you by the can or do you get it? I don't know. Um, you know, poured in, in some sort of what's yeah. that? Uh, yeah, I'll do bottle. But now that you bring up can, I feel like I feel like I've I've always had good experiences with the cans. Now that you bring now you now I think about it. I don't know it's because like it you know it, it kind of like uh, takes it all in like I don't know the whole uh mechanics about it but I, I assume that it takes like the pressure out or whatever when you open the can or versus like when you keep on opening closing uh, a bottle right you know so there's probably something towards that but i i think i've had good experiences with cans though now that, now that i think about it that's good and do you like do you buy in bulk or is this something you'll pick up at like a coffee shop or something like that you know, on the go I mean, I'll usually go to like, you know, Jewel or Dominic's or, or not Dominic's. That's not, that, that, that doesn't exist anymore, right? So, <laughs> RIP uh, Dominic's. RIP Dominic's. <laughs> but yeah, I'll go to wherever, uh, you know, a Trader Joe and things, things like that. I normally don't buy it at like a coffee shop uh, or like in a can, a can at a coffee shop. I'll usually just get it, you know, as is, right? So, um, but as it is getting warmer, now that I'm thinking about it, my mouth is salivating just for coffee, colder coffee, right? and not having to freeze while i'm drinking that coffee or going back to my place right so um but yeah i usually just pick it up from the grocery store uh aldi trader joe or yeah uh mariano's things like that yeah i know costco has like a 32 pack or something or something like that i always walk by it and i'm like should i like i kind of want to but then you know, I guess I get back into the economics of coffee because I buy like a $13 ginormous whole bean, you know, bag and I'm like able to grind it and like that thing will last for at least a month, you know, and I'll buy a couple of bags and stuff. So it's just, you, know, you think about it today, you go to Starbucks, you grab a cup of coffee or whatever it could be. It's probably like four or five bucks now. And it's just like, man, you, you look at that. If you were just going out and buying your coffee every single day, you know, you're probably dialing it up a little bit with all the, you know, add-ons you could probably do there but it's just crazy like how much money people actually spend on coffee these days yeah yeah every day ba- I, I remember when i was in chicago uh you know like fresh out of college and everything um you know i i, I, mean, I was young i wanted to like make good first impression and everything so i always wanted to be on time at work uh and then uh, but I always wanted my I always wanted my coffee and I, I think at that time there, they didn't have like as many coffee machines in the office so I you know I kind of had to get up by myself so um I would I would always go to uh, I forget which street it was on exactly but it was downtown uh on one side of the street there was a Starbucks on the other side of the street there was a Dunkin Donuts and guess which guess which one was always packed and then guess which one was always like nobody was waiting you can go in there order and then leave meanwhile the other side uh there was you know uh a, a 20 minute wait uh and you know this is like right at like 8 50 and all that everybody's just waiting uh everybody's it's just chaos so many orders are wrong things like that um yeah starbucks that that's that's where it was so <laughs> so i remember just like seeing all that and then walking towards uh dunkin donuts and then yeah it's like a third of the price too basically you know so for me it just never made sense you know at least when i was in that area i do like starbucks though um do, do you like going to uh what is it um uh 
the reserve that they have, like you know, all the fancy stuff. And I actually did meet the founder of of the original Starbucks actually in Seattle once. Um, I was randomly there, and I think I just I just heard some people, some of the workers there, saying like, "Oh man, like the founder of Starbucks is gonna uh, be here." And um, yeah, lo and behold, uh, they were just I think giving him a tour and. He was actually kind of in all. I, I had a just a brief conversation with him. He was just like, and I don't feel like was, you know, traveling the world and like you know, being a, a hermit or something like that. But he was kind of amazed of like, wow, this place is like so big and this is a big deal. And then like I'm hearing about how Starbucks is all across the world now, right? And you know, it was just me and a couple buddies uh, that started Starbucks originally. Then yeah, eventually, uh, I think it was like a decade into the business, Howard Schultz uh bought it and then yeah became you know let it to become the monstrosity it is now right so um but yeah uh i do not like the amount of time that it takes to like stand in line for just for coffee right it, i think it's ridiculous so yeah for me it's just you know go, go to a grocery store pick up a nice cold brew there in a can because it tastes better or whatever so uh but yeah uh definitely uh i think it gets ridiculous in terms of prices for sure yeah, I'm with you as far as uh, just the popularity of the place and things like that. Like we have one in our shopping center across from our um, house or whatnot, but uh, that line is always wrapping around in the mornings, the afternoons, the nights, no matter what the day of the week is. And then you actually go in there and you buy a coffee and the place is just trashed. I mean, like the cans are over, you know, flowing and tables are kind of dirty. And it's just like, I look back and I see those workers and it's like, man, they're having to customize every single one of these cups because that's just what they, you know, built a name on and stuff. And it's got all the status, prestige, you know. Um, when I was in Shanghai, actually, they were opening up Starbucks across the street from Starbucks. So it's kind of like, you know, you're just like the most, uh, you know, uh, it's just it's just crazy, just like the level of expansion popularity that this place has actually got. But, uh, you know, I'm with you. It's just kind of like, I feel like it started at Starbucks was, you know, good to their employees, building up their employees, but like the further we've gotten into the future, it's kind of like, I feel like that's, that's changed a little bit like that. Um, you know, that, um, reputation they built also with, uh, you know, kind of like how they rewarded employees and stuff. I feel like I've read news about, you know, that kind of dying down as well, but, uh, yeah, they're just, at least in my local one, I'm like, yeah, it's, it's kind of a chaos over there every time I'm, I'm looking across the street, but, uh, yeah, I think Starbucks does obviously have like specialty drinks that other places aren't, uh putting out there they're always bringing in new specials things like that and you know they definitely built that reputation um as a business like you just have to you know respect them for that sense i guess but um but yeah no definitely uh good talk about coffee like i love it i abuse it i drink it more than i probably should so uh, always trying to find ways or alternatives to uh to cool that down a bit even though i love it yeah for sure uh would love to hear now yeah your take uh for today yeah, um, kind of steering away from food, uh, at least for today. Uh, this is just a weird revelation that I've come uh, into, I guess, over the last year or something. But, you know, I'm, I'm 35 years old uh, at this point, you know, going on 36 here pretty soon. But it's like, I don't know about you and how you felt like kind of navigating through your 30s and stuff. But it was like, I kind of think back and this has been like a trend I've had over the last year, but it's like, every night when I go to sleep now, I'm like, I'm kind of getting, you know, one step older, one step closer to, you know, uh, 
you know, adulthood, uh, you know, being older, like, you know, semi midlife crisis, I guess you could put it, but I'm almost like more appreciative of the days and kind of making sure that I fill them with good things to do and kind of with, you know, the people that I want to fill them with. And then just making sure I'm getting as much as I can of myself from like a personal standpoint, you know, what I do at work, exercise, health, all that stuff. But like, I don't know about you, but in my twenties, I always was like looking forward. I was always like, what am I going to be in five, 10 years? Like, where am I going to be? What am I going to be doing? Who will I, you know, ultimately become? And uh, it's kind of funny how that, like, it's kind of completely flipped on its head. And uh, now it's more or less just like keeping things simple and like just making sure to keep everything centered in my day and stuff. But like, I don't know if you go through these kind of like thoughts or having per, you know, these perspectives on, you know, being now in our thirties when at times I feel like I'm 18 in my head. Um, how do you feel about it all? Like just life overall and kind of what you're doing on a daily basis and where you're going, where you came from. I mean, there's, there's nothing like that says like a midlife crisis, then I guess starting a, a sports podcast for, you know, a, a dude. Right. So um, no, for sure. Like, I think, you know, as I get older, right. Like I, I have enough money, so I'm not like constantly trying to always necessarily prove myself uh, to, to everybody and, and their mom. Right. Like I feel pretty good about, you know, where I'm at financially uh, you know, being able to take care of myself. Like yeah, I have, you know, savings, 401k, all that fun stuff. So I feel a lot better about, I think, where I'm at financially. Could it, I be better? Sure. Can't we all, but, you know, numbers wise, I, I feel pretty good overall. And, you know, I don't spend too much money except on coffee and cold brews, but, um, you know, uh, I, I think right now I'm, I'm pretty solid there. Uh, yeah, eventually, you know, what, yeah, I own a condo now, would eventually like to have a house and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, like it's, it's, it's much more about the lifestyle that I'm in right now rather than, uh, the ability to do so. So, um, but no, I think for me, it is definitely much more about, uh, just embracing, yeah, the moment a little bit more, I feel like at least for myself, um, you know, as I, as I sleep, like I, I, I look forward to sleeping, I think is my thing, <laughs> you know, as you get older, right? Like you embrace sleep a little bit more. You, hey, hey, you also just don't have as much energy all the time. So, uh, I know for you, it's a little bit different, right? It's like, you, you kind of, you know, aren't always able to sleep necessarily when he wants you because of trying to take care of a human being there and everything. But, uh, for me, I definitely gravitates towards, yeah, I want to enjoy my sleep and I wake up the next day feeling sore too. Like, wait, did I do anything last night? No, I didn't. I just watched TV and for whatever reason, I'm sore in bed, you know, as I wake up now. So, uh, and then I have to stretch and you know take care of myself a little bit more in that sense. But I feel like uh, you know, phys so physically maybe I'm like slowing down a little bit. And which I'm like, damn, like wh when did this happen? You know, kind of just feel like it happened overnight in a way. Um, but at the same time, you know, uh, I think I'm more sure of you know who I am, what I want to be, uh, you know, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, etc. Uh, I'm not trying to impress, you know, again, like I said, like everybody underneath the, the sun, uh, very much more, I think, sure, just about what I want, um, you know, for a future and, you know, uh, career wise, things like that, too, uh, spouse wise as well. So I'm not, you know, trying to go out of my way to always try to impress people as much, just embracing, you know, the one loved ones I have right now, because they're not always going to be there. Right. And then also taking care of the, you know, the loved ones that I have 
um, you know, that I know are going to be around for, you know, hopefully a lot longer. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I feel like I have a couple of thoughts and stuff, but like, it's, it's funny because every time I go to sleep, I'm usually really tired, but then I'm also like, well, then I'm just one day closer. You know, it's like, it's, it's kind of like, so sometimes I have like some, uh, some curiosities that'll even keep me up like 30, uh, an hour extra. And I'm just like, I shouldn't yeah. be thinking about this stuff. Just go to bed. You know, it's like, it's so funny <laughs> at times, but you know, I think like just taking, um, my diet more seriously now, like I'm not a freak or anything like that, but I just feel like I think about everything that I eat. Whereas like when I was in my twenties, like, Hey, like whatever I want, whenever I want and stuff. But Mm-hmm. I will agree with your point too, just on like, let's call it impressing people or whatever else, or like doing things that normally you wouldn't so that you can uh, maybe get ahead or feel like you're fitting into a different crowd and stuff. Like now I just think about like, how do I maximize my time where I'm doing the things that I enjoy? And it's just like, it's also adding benefits along the way for my health or my intelligence or whatever else. So it's kind of like, I'm just picking all the things that I want to line up in a day. And I'm like trying to make mm-hmm. sure that, yeah, I'm going to get to like look at my sports at some point in the day, or I'm going to be able to like tackle the projects that I have on my list. And those are things that I wanted to do or things that like fit into what I think are important issues and stuff. And then you know, obviously like setting aside time for my family and like time with friends has gotten so limited that it's just like, I'm just happy to see the person when I'm able to see them, you know, that's like kind of how it feels at this point. But, uh, yeah, it's so funny because I, you know, you think back to like when you're 20 in your 20s or you know, when you were mid 20s, late 20s and stuff. And it's like maybe sometimes like projecting out this vision of who I'd actually be. And it's like all along, I feel like I'm closer to who I was when I was in my younger 20s and maybe my later 20s at this point. Cause I'm like, no, I just know what I like and I know who I am. And it's like, that's kind of a nice feeling. Like you're like, I'm doing the things that I like. And, you know, whoever surrounds me in this process probably will be like-minded or will be enjoyable to be around because you know i choose to enjoy my time yeah no it's i mean yeah it, it definitely is like you know your your people what's the saying yeah the people you surround yourself like the five people you spend the most time with right are kind of who you're going to be like they're going to shape you more so of so that definitely is i think as you're getting into your you know your 30s and your 40s right um you you kind of went through your 20s 20s you're just trying to be friends with everybody right and then it's like the, you know, when you're in your 30s and your 20s it, it kind of just dwindles down as people are starting to have you know families um getting more you know busier in their careers you know getting promoted and things like that so they just have a little bit less time and uh you know free willing to do <laughs> to do a lot of you know different things so uh and you know moving to um so there's a lot of things that happens i think in your 30s and 40s there but yeah 20s you know it's all about exploring and trying different things which hey i think that's great i think that's you know essential for you know someone's evolution right and then you know 30s hopefully yeah you're a little bit more shored up about yourself what you like what you don't like you you don't have as much of that fomo right like it's like oh maybe i don't want to you know go skydiving in my 30s or 40s right so totally fine totally fine great thing to do in your 20s but yeah maybe 30s 40s like okay well you know i don't have to do that like or running a marathon. I don't have to do that. I can just go and, you know, yeah, go to uh, Kansas City for the NFL draft instead. Like, what's <laughs> thing to do there? And eat my hearts out. So, um, yeah, I think it's it's definitely, and, and it's, I think it's you know a mixture. Like, you do want to like maybe challenge yourself ever so often, but 
you also like sometimes it's good just to relax and be comfortable with you know kind of who you are right now right so yeah if you're constantly being in like robot mode and just like trying to advance everything to another level and this and that like i don't know for me personally i just feel like I would, that would lead to a lot of burnout a lot of added stress probably a very one-dimensional type mind frame like yeah. i don't know i like to have balance i think balance is super important and uh it actually seems like it's needed too. like i think getting good rest and you know mm-hmm. spending time with people getting out and like being in the sun for a day or like eating three square meals like I see a lot of people sacrificing so much of that stuff, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. It's just completely detrimental, but, um, yeah, overall, um, no, I, th- I think this was, uh, productive for me at least to share that. Cause I feel like it's been on my mind enough where I'm like, see if, you know, maybe, maybe check to see if I'm crazy or whatever else, but in the same sense, like <laughs> it's kind of nice to like, you know, you don't always feel alone that in those thoughts and stuff like that too. So, uh, yeah. Um, Thought we had a really well-rounded show. I'm I'm excited to watch back our draft. I hope you guys all enjoyed it too. Um, if you're on YouTube, please subscribe. Definitely helps us uh, kind of move closer to monetization. Drop us a comment. Um, you know, follow us on Instagram Ball and, at Ball and Breakfast. We are also on Apple, Google Podcast, too, Spotify. So you can find us in a lot of different uh, mediums here. So. Uh, Thanks again for joining us Uh, with Wayne. I'm Patrick signing off for the Ball and Breakfast podcast.